0: It's great to have you join us today. I hope you've had a good week and that you've been able to experience the steadfast love of God no matter where you're at or no matter what you're going through. I would like to begin today by reading from Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Uh, And it says, You keep in perfect peace those whose mind is focused on you because he trusts in you. And I think that's so important as we think about having peace in the midst of difficult circumstances that our mind needs to be focused on him, that our, we need to be trusting him. And so my prayer is that you would experience that peace all throughout this next week. I want to say thank you to David Gladney for preaching over the last three weeks. He's our youth pastor and he did a fantastic job as he went through Matthew 16. And he challenged us with Jesus' words to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. And one of the things I love about David's preaching is that he preaches from his heart, that he's not disconnected to the passage, that so many times you'll hear people preach and it's almost like they're they're just preaching to us, but they haven't really received it themselves. But you can tell that David has ingested the text, that he's listened to what God is saying and that he's wanting to share what he's experienced with others. And I'm just always encouraged by that. So thank you, David. If you did not get a chance to listen, you can go to our website or our podcast and listen to those last three sermons. Before we dive into our new series, I just have a handful of announcements for you so you can keep up with what's going on at the church. Uh, there's another opportunity to take part one of our Hebrew Bible class. It's, it's coming up on Saturday, March 13th from 1 to 4 p.m. I did send out an email invitation that you could sign up uh, for this class. It'll also go on social media, but if you want to email me, matt at bridgecommunitychurch.net, you can also let me know in that way. I do encourage you to take part. You're going to learn something. You're going to be encouraged. Um, I promise you the three hours will not be in vain. For those of you who took the last class and you're looking forward to session two, that will be out soon. I'm working on that. Um, bridge groups are ongoing, and they've been extremely encouraging. I'm telling you, we cannot run the race of faith by ourselves. Uh, we can try to, but eventually we're going to be discouraged. We're going to be tired. We need people to pick us up. We need people to point out things that we don't see. And I Every time I've left bridge group, I've either been encouraged just by seeing someone um, and just having, you know, a a conversation like fellowship. Um, I've been encouraged by people with different points of view on a particular passage that they see something that I didn't see, a blind spot that I had. And I go, okay, that makes sense. And I can be encouraged by that. Sometimes I'm encouraged because people are struggling with things that I'm struggling with, too. And I realize that I'm not alone. So if you're not in a bridge group, I would just encourage you for you to grow deeper with other believers. And I think in order to be growing deeper in our relationship with God, we need other believers. Um, Bridge groups and small groups are vital. So give one a try. You can email me and let me know and I'll get you connected. Um, The weather is getting warmer and I am so excited about that. Number one, because warm weather is the best. And I know some of you people, you like cold weather. God bless you, but warm weather is so good. And so I'm looking forward to spring and even summer. So, I will never com- I'm not going to complain this summer about 99-degree weather because I love the warm. Um, but I'm not, I'm not crazy, I promise. But one of the great things about warm weather is that we can have services outside again. We've been not been able to meet indoors uh, in person, and so we're looking forward to being together again. I will let you know as soon as we have that first date ready for you. As always, we thank you for your faithful giving. You are what allows us to continue to equip and embolden and empower the, the body of Christ here in Morrisville and Cary, uh, and so if you would like to give, you can find all that information on our website. And last, uh, what I would encourage you to do anytime that you read scripture, so whether it be through a sermon, whether it be through a Bible study, or just a devotion is ask the question, who needs to hear this to? Who can I share this with? Um, and it, at the very least you can do is you can go to the podcast and share that on your social media channels and your social media family can then have a chance to listen. But we, won't, we always want to take in scripture, but then be ready to also send it back out into our community. Because scripture is not meant to just be ingested and kept to ourselves, but it's meant to be um, sent back out so that other people might experience the love and the beauty of God as well. So who can you encourage this week? Who can you share it with? And like I said, at the least, you can share it on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you use. Um, This week, we are starting a new sermon series, and I'm excited about this one. I'm excited about all of them, I guess. I can't uh, that's exciting. Great. But it's truly something that I was not expecting to be excited about. I was, I, I, we were gonna. It's on the Sabbath. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. It's on Sabbath. And I was originally just going to do one sermon on the Sabbath. But as I began to dig into this in Scripture, I realized that one sermon just doesn't cut it. That we can learn a whole sermon series worth about what does God desire for us in Sabbath and rest. In fact, this series is called uh, Rest, Finding Calm in the Chaos. Because in, in the midst of the world, which is a lot of times chaotic, Um, we can have a calm that no one else has. And that's supposed to be one of the primary ways that people look at believers and go, I want to have that. I want to experience that calm. I want to have that rest. Um, But as believers, what do we know about Sabbath? What do we know about rest? And I've been amazed at how much the Bible talks about Sabbath and rest from Genesis to Revelation. And I'm looking forward to beginning to dig in that with you. Um, in the Ten Commandments, so if you go to Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Uh, and we can hear those words. And if you're like me, you grew, if you grew up in church, you know, maybe you're a, a, a kid or a teenager right now and you've heard of the Sabbath. But what do you know about the Sabbath? If you're like me, the Sabbath was just something to tell people what not to do. Don't, don't do this on the Sabbath. Don't do that on the Sabbath. Don't do that. It was very restrictive. It was very much like... Okay, like I don't, I don't, I don't really know why we're supposed to Sabbath. I don't really know what benefit I get from the Sabbath. I just know I'm not supposed to do things. So I don't really know what the Sabbath was all about. And so when we hear words like "Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy," what what comes to mind when you hear that? How how am I supposed to keep that day holy? What how am I supposed to remember it? Like is God simply telling people just take a break once out of every seven days, or is there something more going on? Um, he he obviously told this to a family. Um, uh, that dis- that came out of Egypt, out of slavery, and so you know what what does God's message to a family coming out of Egypt, out of slavery mean for us today in the 21st century? Are we so still, still supposed to keep Sabbath? If we are, how we, how do we keep Sabbath? What what day are we supposed to keep Sabbath on? There are you know the tradition of keeping Sabbath is from Friday at sundown to Saturday at sundown, but yet many people consider the Sabbath a Sunday now because Jesus rose from the dead. So what is that all about? So we have so many questions about. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And we think, okay, I know something about the Sabbath, but how do we really begin to follow the Sabbath? Um, Another question, why do we follow the Sabbath if we don't follow some of the other Old Testament laws that other people might find curious or strange? So think about not wearing mixed fabrics. Like, when's the last time you heard a sermon on that? Or um, why do we not eat certain foods in the Old Testament? Um, We don't follow those laws, so why do we follow the Sabbath? Uh, In fact, by Jesus' time, they had all sorts of different laws about the Sabbath. There uh, was one, there was a tradition that arose that you could only walk a certain number of steps per day on the Sabbath. And so I don't know what the actual number was, but can you imagine, like, you're, you know, well, I'm at 1,000, so I can either disobey the Sabbath or I can just stand here. You know, like, what what was that about? Like, what do you do? You know, um, they didn't even have Fitbits, so how did they even keep track of that? Um, But that was a tradition that had developed. And so what does that mean for us, you know, to... What counts as work on the Sabbath? I heard a great analogy the other day that, you know, we think about work as as toil and and anxiousness or our jobs and things like that. But, you know, work is anytime you exert energy or or exert like thinking or try to be creative, you know, work work can be a lot of different things. So there's a type of work that we don't like. And then there's a type of work that we like, like, uh, you know, think about as a kid, you come home from Halloween and what do you do? You sort your candy, and then like you put it back in the bucket, and the next day you sort it again, and you know you got your three musketeers, and you got your M and M's, and then like the orange and white candy that no one likes, and you put that to the side, um, you know. But you you sort it, and that's work, but it's good work. Um, so you know, is that allowed? Um, but w- but with all these questions, I think we can all recognize that deep inside of all of us, we have this yearning for rest. We need rest. We need peace. Um, because, guys, if we're, if we're honest, we're an anxious people. We're a very busy people. We're a very overworked people. We're rushing. We're we're hurried. Um, and I think deep inside of all of us, there's something that says that's not right. There's something that says we were made for more than this. We were made to not be so anxious and so overcome with labor, um, but yet we all just continue the cycle of just toil and toil and toil. Uh, And so what I'm hoping that is as we explore the theme of Sabbath and rest over the next few weeks that you're going to find that it's not just restrictive, like I said, like I believed when I was younger, but there's so much freedom and beauty in knowing why God created Sabbath and why God encourages us to know what the Sabbath is and, and how we should begin to implement it in our lives. So as we begin this series, what I want to do is I want to give you a task. I want to give you actually three tasks um, over the next week for you to do, okay? And the first one, you can either hit pause now and do it, or you can do it after I finish preaching, okay? Um, But the first one is just this. I want you to go through everything that you know about the Sabbath day already. So if you're an individual, you know, get out a journal or a diary and just write it down. Like, what do you know about the Sabbath day? Um, If you're listening to this with a group of people, discuss it. So what do you know about the Sabbath? When are you supposed to keep the Sabbath? What do you do on the Sabbath? Why is the Sabbath made? Are there, What are the relevant texts in Scripture about the Sabbath? I just want you to gather together all this information so you can know, okay, what is my current belief about the Sabbath? So that way, when you, when you have all this, you just kind of hold it loosely because as we begin to study the Scriptures, what I want to happen and what I want you to do when we're done is look back and go, okay, here's what I believed about the Sabbath before. And then as I counted Scripture, here's what I believe about the Sabbath now. So some things may change, some things you may have to get rid of completely, some things you might go, okay, I didn't understand that before, Uh, like God affirmed that to me. But what I want you to do is see how God begins to change, not only your thinking and your beliefs about what Sabbath rest means, but also how your life is going to begin to change because of what we're beginning to study. So I want you to see how it impacts your previously held beliefs. So begin to think about those. So like I said, pause it now. Talk about it afterwards, but I want you to have some type of discussion or write down some somehow what you currently believe about Sabbath. All right. The majority of the texts that we're going to be studying are in the Old Testament. We're going to begin. We're going to get into the New as well, but the Old is where the the basic foundational blocks for Sabbath began. Um, and there's really two words in the uh, Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, for rest. Okay. The one is Shabbat, and, and I want you to know them. I want you to understand them. And so we're gonna we're gonna talk about them a little bit today, and then we're definitely gonna dive into into them next week, okay? So one is Shabbat, and that means to cease from. It's S-H-A-B-A-T, or some people put two Bs in there. You can choose whichever one you want, but it's called Shabbat, and it's to cease from. So for example, in Genesis chapter 2, God ceases from his work. He Shabbats. Um, Also in Joshua chapter 5, verse 12, if you want to turn there, you can. If not, it's okay that the people come into the promised land, they begin to take part of what the promised land has eating wise. And it says the manna ceased from that day. So it says literally in Hebrew, the manna Shabbated. So it's not just people who Shabbat, anything can Shabbat, anything can stop. It just means to cease. Okay. So that's the word that we get Sabbath from, and it means to cease. The other word for rest, and this is one that I did not know before, and I've been extremely encouraged by as I've studied and read over the last time that I've been preparing for the series, um, is nuach, and you can spell that N-U-A-K-H, and it means to settle in, all right? So, so Shabbat means to cease, nuach means to settle in. Uh, and what I want you to do is think about Exodus ten fourteen. Again, you can turn there or you can just listen. Exodus ten fourteen is in the middle of God calling his people out of Egypt, and he's telling Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no. And so what does God send? He sends these plagues, right? And one of the plagues is locust. And in Exodus ten fourteen, what I want you to imagine, it says the locust came up over the land of Egypt and rested in all the land. Okay, so you, you've got this horde of locusts and it descends on Egypt and it rests on the land. And that word rest is nuach. So it's literally the, 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 the locusts come down and they nuach in the land of Egypt. They settle into the land of Egypt. They take over the land of Egypt. And so you have this word Shabbat, um, which means to cease from, and this word nuach, which means to settle. And so when God or people, nuach in Scripture, it typically, uh, in, it typically is a picture of uh, resting and settling in the midst of safety and security. So, for example, you'll see a lot of times when the people of Israel weren't, were not fighting against their neighbors, it was said that the people had rest. Uh, so I want you to see that these two ideas of rest are both complementary. Um, they work together, and they're important for us to understand what God desires for Sabbath rest. Not only do we um, stop from like our anxious toil and our striving and our trying to get everything done, but we also rest in who God is and what he's doing. Uh, so it's a both and. That's part of what Sabbath rest is. It's a beautifully countercultural way to use our time. Because if you think about the way our culture uses time, it's, So just completely, it's it's just like we're going to use every bit of time we have to just further and further and further and and we just get exhausted. Um, But this is countercultural. It's it's a time to stop and to rest in what God has for us Um, because we want to be good stewards of our time. Time is a gift that God has given us. If you think about the idea of stewardship, we oftentimes think of just money. Um, what, what can I do with the money that I have? Do I use it to help people? Do I use it to give to the, the church or a different organization? Can I use it for myself? We want to be good stewards of the money that God has given us. Uh, but it's the same thing with time. And if you're like me, when you think about being a good steward of time, you often think of like excellence and hard work or discipline. And those are all good things, and those are right things. Um, but there's more to the story than that. If you if you look at the biblical narrative, if you begin to read in Scripture Part of being a good steward of time is also having Sabbath rest, enjoying biblical rest. It's stopping from our labor and enjoying time with God. And I don't mean procrastination or laziness. That's not the point. Um, It's not like you go throughout an entire day and you haven't done anything. So you're like, oh, that was my Sabbath. You know, like, that's not the point. Sabbath is a very intentional concept. Sabbath is something that we do where we're actively ignoring the work and we're going, okay, I'm going to trust God. That God's going to take care of the, the land that he created, the things that are going on around my life, and I'm going to be free from my labor for a period of time. Trusting God and release, releasing our kind of anxious hold on our world and on our to-do lists. Um, so it sounds counterproductive, but biblically, stewardship of our time involves this biblical rest, involves having rhythms of rest built into our lives. And and rhythms of rest is really, I think, my favorite way to describe Sabbath rest because it it it... it It fuels my imagination about what that means. And the greatest example of that is in music. Now, Peter, our worship leader, he could probably do a much better job explaining this than I can. So forgive me if I butcher this. But uh, I love this example and I love this illustration. So when you think about rest, think about it in terms of music. Any of these songs that you like, there's certain times of rest that help you enjoy the music. Listen to them. And and, and oftentimes you don't hear it because you're not listening for it. You're listening to the notes. But in every song, there's these times of rest that help you make sense of the melody, that help you make sense of the music, and adds to your enjoyment. Uh, my kids have been practicing piano for, for for a few months now. My mom comes over and teaches them. And some of the notes that are even on their sheet are notes of rest. And you don't play them, but they're just time for you to stop. So that way it makes sense of what's happening on the other sides of the rest. And that's the same thing that needs to happen in our lives. We need time to stop so we can make sense of everything that's happening on the other side of the rest. The musician miles Davis he's talking about what makes a good song and he says it's not the notes you play, it's the notes you don't play And I think that's a good lesson for our life it's 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 the times of rest not the times of activity that make up a good rhythm for our lives. Um, so just as important as rest is in music it's just as impactful I would say more impactful in our lives. So listen to music sometime and get the example of Okay, rest is important. I told you earlier I wanted you to take a, take stock of what you knew about Sabbath. The second thing I want you to do is to I want you to watch a video that I've linked to on our website. Okay, it's going to be right next to the sermon. I want you to go and watch it. It's about five minutes and twenty six seconds long, so I trust you can find that time. Um, but it's a video produced by the Bible Project. They're a nonprofit organization that puts out these videos about biblical themes and helps people understand, you know, what what is a biblical, biblical book doing? How is it organized? Um, but but the they're super creative, and they're, they're much more creative than I can be. And I think it's going to help you kind of stoke your imagination of what the Sabbath is better than me just being able to explain it to you. So it's, like I said, it's five minutes and 26 seconds long. Um, and one of the things you're going to see as we study Sabbath is that the Sabbath is so much more than just a day. We oftentimes register Sabbath as just this one day in the Old Testament. But if you look in Exodus chapter 31, God says something about his Sabbaths with plural. And so this video kind of helps bring out that the, the day of the Sabbath is just one small layer of something much bigger. And as you watch this video, I hope that it will kind of expand your mind and help you see, okay, the Sabbath is more bigger uh, and more bigger. That's great, great grammar. It's, it's bigger and more beautiful than anything that I could have ever imagined. Um, so anyway, I, I hope that it will start to stoke your imagination, stoke your interest. Um, but Rest is something that we often overlook. So, for example, if you think about the benefits of following God or the benefits of salvation, rest is one of those. But yet we would never say that to someone else. Like if someone else were to say, why should I follow Jesus? Why should I trust in God? We would never go rest, you know, peace. We might say peace, but not rest. But why? Rest is such a huge biblical theme, and yet we overlook it. And so what I want you to do, the third thing that I'm going to ask you to do before we begin our series, is I want you to begin to read some of the texts that we're going to be at least, we're going to be teaching on and we're at least going to be touching on so that you can begin to reflect and meditate on these things and begin to go, okay, rest is such an important and vital part of our salvation experience that in Jesus, we can have Sabbath rest, not only on one day, but almost every day. Um, And then eventually we're going to have Sabbath rest for all eternity. And what does that mean? Um, so anyway, I want you to begin working through some of the texts that we're going to be studying. So I'm going to give you a list real quick. So it'll be you know two, two boring minutes of me just giving you texts. But I want you to write them down. And then I want you to begin to read some of them, begin to meditate on them. Um, and, and we're going to be able to unpack those as we go forward. Okay? So here's the text that I want you to begin to read. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Very simple. Um, if you want to get extra credit, you can read Genesis 1 before that. But it's just about creation and the Sabbath, okay? Um, Exodus 16, it's a fascinating account of God providing manna for the people in the wilderness and how that, uh, and how that helps us understand Sabbath. The Ten Commandments from Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, we're going to read and, and, and go through those. Again, Exodus 31, 12 through 17 talks about how Sabbath is more than just a day. So what does that mean? Um, Matthew 11 and 12 and then John 5 both talk about Jesus Um, working on the Sabbath and healing on the Sabbath. And so how does he change our idea of what Sabbath means? Uh, Colossians 2 and Hebrews 4, will kind of finish this off. And I'm not sure if I'm going to do both of those as a a separate sermon. We might combine them together. Um, But we want to see, okay, how did the New Testament writers handle what it meant for us to to follow the Sabbath, okay? So as you read and as you listen and as you meditate on God's Word, write down all these questions that come to mind. I, I want this series to begin to provoke questions in your mind. I want it to begin to, to, to work on you to where you want to develop a greater understanding of what Sabbath means. For for some reason, questions, sometimes we think they're antagonistic toward faith, but questions are not antagonistic to faith. In fact, I would say the more questions that you have, the more deeply you're thinking about a subject. And I'll give you this illustration and then we'll end. Um, for example, this is a PlayStation, right? Um, this has provided a lot of enjoyment for my family during the time of COVID where we've been indoors a lot. We've, we've really bonded as a family just playing games together. Um, and on a, on, a, on a very basic level, I know what this remote does. Uh, I can push buttons and the PlayStation is gonna respond accordingly if I push the right buttons. Um, so on a, on a very basic level, I understand what this is. But think about as you begin to ask questions about this, how much more you can know about what this remote does. Um, for example, there's no cord here. So why, when I push these particular buttons, how does the PlayStation know that I've pushed that button? That's a good question to ask, right? How does that work? Um, why are there certain buttons on the front and on the back? Why are they designed that way? Why is the PlayStation not a circle, or why is the remote not a circle or a square or a rectangle? Why, why is why is it designed in such a way? Like, is there some science behind it? Is there some artistic? Is there artistic creativity behind it? Like, There's a million different questions. And then you could go, okay, well, if I take this apart, what does it look like on the inside? And how does does what it looks like on the inside impact what it does on the outside? So you can begin to ask all these questions. So in one sense, I know very basically, if I push this button, it's going to do that on the PlayStation over there. But do I really know what this remote's about? No, because I haven't asked a lot of those questions. I haven't found the answers. And that's what I want you to see about a lot of things in faith. On a very simplistic level, we can know that God loves us. But when we begin to peel that back and go, okay, well, what does it mean that God loves us? Who is God? Why does he love us? Why why does he care about us? Why did he send his son? What is it about me that he cares about? Um, We can begin to peel back and ask some of those questions. And that's the same thing I want you to do with Sabbath, that we would ask some of these questions about Sabbath so that not because we're being antagonistic towards Sabbath, but simply because we're curious and we want to know more about something that God has put in Scripture and said, he wants us to Sabbath. He wants us to know what rest is. Um, so I can't wait to get started next week. We're going to be look starting at the very beginning. We'll be in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. We'll, we'll look at chapter 1 a little bit, but mainly Genesis 2, 1 through 3. So please, I would encourage you, do at least one of the three things. I would encourage you do all three. Um, discuss what you already know. Watch the video. And then begin reading some of these passages. And I promise you, you're going to find that the Sabbath is much more freeing Much more beautiful than you can ever imagine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for an opportunity to begin this series on Sabbath. I know that I, for one, am someone who's a lot of times burdened by anxiety, that's burdened by not feeling like I've accomplished all that I want to accomplish, or um, knowing that there's things left on my to do list, or trying to run from one thing to another. And um, God, I want to know the freedom and the rest that's found in trusting you. And so, Father, I pray that you would open our eyes, that you would open our hearts to what your scriptures have to say about what Sabbath means. Um, God, I pray that we would understand uh, that the Sabbath was not made for um, just complete restriction. The Sabbath was not made to, to hurt us, but it was made for us. It was made to help us. It was made to... Uh, help us be more human, to help us be more alive, to help us know you better. And so, Father, help us to see the beauty and the freedom that's found in Sabbath. Um, God, I pray that you would encourage each and every one of these people that are listening today, from the youngest to the oldest, to um, dive into your word, to begin to read scripture and let it work on their heart. God, that they would know you and, and know you in such a way that it changes everything about their lives. God, we thank you that we can have the ultimate rest in Christ, and we look forward to the ultimate rest with you in eternity. Um, but, God, and we pray that as we are, live in the midst of a, a very chaotic world at times, God, that we would have a rest that is a witness to the rest of the world. That people would look upon us and see, okay, there's a lot going on, but they have rest, and I don't. What does that mean? Um, we are grateful for your love, God. And we just, uh, we're we're your servants, um, we're part of your kingdom, and so God is as our king, and is our creator. We just ask that you would lead us in the ways that you call us. We love you, we thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, love you all. Looking forward to starting next week. Have a good week, and I'll see you then.